Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of the Jadava Show. I'm your host, Jacob Valliere. Glad to have you with us. Uh, well, it's actually Friday at the time of me recording this. It is Friday night at about 10 p.m. Eastern Time, but uh, most of you will probably be hearing this on Saturday or early Sunday, depending on when you listen to your podcasts on the weekend. But regardless, week one of the NFL season is officially upon us. I will be making my first picks of the season. Um, all games on Sunday I will be picking, um, as well as I will be making a case for my Washington Commanders a little bit later. Um, before I talk about that, though, I do want to mention how... So last night, uh, at the time of recording last night, uh, was a week one kickoff. Uh, to kick off to week one, the kickoff to the whole NFL season, the uh, L.A. Rams and the Buffalo Bills play. The Rams, of course, the reigning Super Bowl champions, and the Bills have been picked by almost everybody in the media here in the preseason as the team to beat uh, in regards to winning the Super Bowl this year. Um, so, yeah, I had a few thoughts on that, so I wanted to share those before I get into the bulk of the episode there's a reason that the Buffalo Bills were the most widely picked Super Bowl bet in the league this year. They beat the doors down on the LA Rams last night, 31 to 10. That's the reigning Super Bowl champs in their home stadium. The night they raised the banner for the Super Bowl that they just won seven months ago. With most of the same team, in fact, you could argue they got better in certain areas like wide receiver. They're still great at corner. Uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey, by all accounts, is the best corner in the NFL. Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in the NFL. Cooper Cup's the best receiver in the NFL. And Matthew Stafford is the reigning Super Bowl winning quarterback. The Buffalo Bills went there and demolished them. Especially in the second half, they outscored him 21-0. 31 to 10, the final score. No one predicted that. No one predicted a Bills blowout. Like I said, there's a reason that the Bills were the most widely picked Super Bowl bet in the league. Because I watched that game last night. They went across the country, Buffalo, to L.A. to face the reigning Super Bowl champs And that Rams pass rush and the Rams who scored the seventh most points in football last year and absolutely crushed them. Josh Allen is not perfect. Rarely are quarterbacks perfect. Tom Brady's not even perfect. But Josh Allen has things that you can legitimately complain about. He's a bit reckless. Okay, he makes a little bit too many plays. Some of them not good. You know, sometimes he is a bit fearless, which works sometimes. But sometimes fearlessness in the NFL at quarterback does not work. And in fact, really comes back to bite you. And look, it doesn't matter. If you could redraft the whole league, is Josh Allen not at least a top three pick? Maybe the first over Mahomes, over Brady at age 45, over back-to-back league MVP Aaron Rodgers. There's a reason people are odds on picking him to win MVP next year. There's a reason. I mean, you watched that game last night. You can go into the deep analytics. All I can tell you is I know what my eyes told me. There is no point in any game. I mean, they, 
In the first half, the Bills went out to a 10-0 lead. They were up 7-0 after an incredible opening drive, and you thought, dang, Buffalo is unstoppable. And then they commit three turnovers, two in back-to-back drives. But they commit three turnovers, yet against on the road against the reigning Super Bowl champions, one of the most efficient, most brilliantly called offenses in the NFL, committed three first-half turnovers. And at halftime, it was a tie ball game. And Buffalo somehow had the feeling, you had the feeling they were outplaying them. That's dominance. That's suffocation. I mean, that's, that is what you imagine a Super Bowl team to be like. Because the Rams were kind of like that. The Rams beat Tampa Bay last year in the playoffs and played far from their best game. I mean, they committed so many. I mean, second half of that Tampa Bay playoff game was a disaster for the Rams. And somehow they came out on top in a shootout against Tom Brady in his own stadium. I mean, look, that, the fact of the matter is, everybody is, you know, contrarians everywhere are going to pick against the Bills all year, just because that's the popular pick. There's a reason they are the most widely picked Super Bowl bet in the league. That's, they're the reason that I am picking them to win the Super Bowl this year, or at least go. They are more talented than Kansas City on offense, especially on defense. I mean... We thought that offensively the Bills were going to be the juggernaut. But defensively, that pass rush, they had seven sacks, three interceptions, held them to ten points. I mean, it, it almost felt like you watch that team and you're like, can you imagine them playing against a bad team? This is not an indictment on the Rams. They are still one of the best teams in the NFL. And they just got destroyed. I mean, it was... It's something you don't ever see. And the Bills are going to be the toughest team to play all year long. They just are. And it look, I got to give them credit. I know what my eyes told me. You can say all you want about this team, that team. I, my eyes told me this is the best team in the NFL. And I haven't even seen the rest of them, but I can't imagine a single team looking as dominant as, as Buffalo. Bravo to them. Well coached. They got the best quarterback in football. Actually, efficient running game. They've got two phenomenal wide receivers: Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis. A great offensive line. I mean, the offensive line looked pretty stout against Aaron Donald last night. And that defensive line, that pass rush of Buffalo, and that secondary. Whew, good luck stomping them on their way to the Super Bowl this year. Okay, uh, so. It is NFL time. Week one is approaching us, and it is that time of year for me to blindly trust the Washington Commanders to do something, to actually have a good season. Now, many of you who know me know that I am a truther on the Washington Redskins football team commanders. I have always been, you could call me pessimistic, but mostly I am just, Above all, a realist. I see the roster. I see the competition. And I'm like, yeah, we got no shot this year. And that's pretty much been my attitude, gosh, for, I don't know, 10 years since RG3's injury. I mean, that's been my attitude. I 
I know the pundits are not picking us to do anything this year. I don't know. I have a really, really, and I hate to say this, and I'm going to sound stupid if I'm wrong, but I'm sorry. I have a weird feeling about this Washington Commanders team this year. I just do. Let me make a case for them, okay? Because a lot of you, a lot of you don't trust them probably as much as I shouldn't have. But I'm going to make a case for them. So last year, Washington was 7-10 and in a division that was kind of tough. It had two playoff teams in it, Dallas, Philadelphia. So you had to play them four times. They were 0-4. And their quarterback all year long was Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke is nobody's idea of a starting quarterback. He's nobody's idea of a franchise quarterback. He's no no one's idea of a stable quarterback. But he was our quarterback for pretty much the entire season. And we won seven games with him. Yes, seven games. We were, what, seven and eight in games he started and 0-2 in games he didn't start. We were nearly a 500 team with the roster we had. We were nearly 500 with Taylor Heineke. And heading into the season, we had Ryan Fitzpatrick, and everybody was picking Washington to win the division with Fitzpatrick. A.K. you know, they were picking us to win the division with a guy who has never won a division in 17 years, who had never been to a playoff game in 17 years, who was one of the most erratic quarterbacks in the NFL, Ryan Fitzpatrick, for 17 years. And everybody was picking us to win the division last year just because we had won it the year before. But maybe because we got better at quarterback the year before we had nobody. And this year we have somebody. Or in 2021 we had somebody, Fitzpatrick. I, I don't know. He goes down with an injury week one, and it's Taylor Heineke time all season. And Heineke had some legendarily bad performances last year. He just did. I mean, he he had some games that look, Washington was 7 and 8 in the games he started. Did you know last year that Taylor Heineke went head to head with Tom Brady and beat him? Head to head with Russell Wilson in primetime, beat him. Went head to head with Derek Carr and the Raiders, a playoff team, beat them on the road. Did you know that under Taylor Heineke, or with Taylor Heineke rather, we lost five one-score games. Half of our losses were one-score games. Huh. Makes you really wonder. Maybe if we had a more dynamic quarterback, a more proven quarterback, do we win two or three of those games? I think so. I definitely think so. Also, last year's schedule, boy, was it tough. We had a tough schedule last year. Chargers, Justin Herbert, Buff at Buffalo. You know how they are. Home against Kansas City, the reigning back-to-back AFC champs at Green Bay. Home against Tampa Bay at Las Vegas. Home against Seattle. Two games against Dallas. Two games against Philadelphia. And we, went, we won seven games. Three of the games I mentioned, I mean, they beat two playoff teams from a year before and two playoff teams from that season. So why do I, why is this my preamble? Why do I say all of this? Because if you think that Taylor Heineke is better than Carson Wentz, 
you got to, I mean, you just don't know football. You just don't. I'm sorry, but Carson Wentz has started over 80 games in the NFL. I think the exact number is 85. He's won 44 of them. It's not special, but it's something. Taylor Heineke's a losing quarterback in the NFL. Carson Wentz is four games above 500. And if he beats the Jaguars in Week 18 last year, he will have led a team to the playoffs in four of the last five years. Did you know Carson Wentz has committed the fewest turnovers by any quarterback in the NFL last year that started at least 14 games? Carson Wentz, the fewest. Huh. That is coming from people who say Carson Wentz is reckless. A bum. I have heard so much slander, so much hate for Carson Wentz all offseason. I've had to endure it. Did you know he has thrown seven or fewer interceptions in four of his last five seasons? He had one bad game against Jacksonville last year, or else that's four out of five years in the playoffs for Carson Wentz. Newsflash. Everybody wants to kill him because he lost to the Jags. At Jacksonville last year to end the season in a must-win game. Did you guys know, as a newsflash, that the Colts haven't won at Jacksonville since 2014? Eight years ago. Andrew Luck lost his last two starts in Jacksonville. Everybody loves Andrew Luck. Yeah, he lost his last two starts in Jacksonville. In fact, Luck was shut out in his final start in Jacksonville before he retired. And guess what the score of his last start in Jacksonville was? Six Nothing. A touchdown would have won him the game. Just one touchdown. Couldn't score a point against Jacksonville. And that was a Jaguars team that went 5-11 and and missed the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's what Andrew Luck did. And we love Andrew Luck. In that game, he averaged 4.8 yards per attempt, 67 pass rating. And that was a must-win game, ladies and gentlemen. Colts are still trying to win the division at that point in 2018, and Andrew Luck got shut out. But people love Andrew Luck, and people hate Carson Wentz, so those narratives are a little bit different. Ah, well, Andrew Luck, you know, the Jaguars' defense is just suffocating. That's how good they are. But Carson Wentz struggles against Jacksonville in an equally important game, and we got to trade that guy, that bum. We got to trade him. Did you know that the 2020 Jaguars, who were 1-15, had, they had one win, and that was at home against Indianapolis. And that was Phillip Rivers quarterbacking that team. Phillip Rivers threw multiple interceptions, just like Carson Wentz. And they got blown out in Jacksonville. Did you know Frank Reich, everybody's favorite coach, 0-4 as a head coach at Jacksonville? Where is the criticism for Andrew Luck? Where's the criticism for that year for Philip Rivers? Where was the criticism and is the criticism for Frank Reich? Where is it? Why does it all go on Carson Wentz? Who, by the way, had a better game than Andrew Luck did in his last time at Jacksonville. But why is it him that's always getting criticized? Listen, stop with the, oh, he lost to the Jaguars. Who cares? Josh Allen lost at Jacksonville last year. In fact, Josh Allen had a worse performance at Jacksonville than Carson Wentz last year. Stop it. Stuff like this happens. It was ill-timed. I will give you that. But it happens. Okay? It happens. It's not great, 
But not every quarterback is perfect, and not every quarterback wins every single must-win game. Tom Brady hasn't. Peyton Manning didn't. Patrick Mahomes hasn't. Patrick Mahomes melted down in an AFC championship game at home against a wild-card team. And, no, I mean, okay, whatever, you know? Okay, let me just name 10, okay, as I'm trying to wrap my head around the case for Carson Wentz, can you name 10 receiving rooms better than this in the NFL? Terry McLaurin, a healthy Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dotson, who by all counts is an excellent rookie prospect who never dropped a single thing at Penn State. That's probably not true, but didn't drop much at Penn State. Okay, name 10 receivers, like a group of receivers on one team better than those three. 10. I'm not saying they're the best, but they're a top 10. Now, name a receiving room that Wentz has ever had that's better than that. In fact, let me list the receivers that Carson Wentz has worked with primarily since 2019. That's the last three seasons. Let's see, we've got 29-year-old Alshon Jeffrey playing in his last year in the NFL. Hurt most of the year. Greg Ward, A.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Mac Hollins, Nelson Aguilar, Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham, Michael Pittman, Zach Paschal, and Paris Campbell. That's the list. Those are his receivers the last three years. How many of those guys, besides Michael Pittman, would be top three receivers on the Chiefs? on the Bills, on the 49ers, on the Rams, on the Bengals, on the Buccaneers, heck, on the Commanders this year. One of name, name one of them that would be a top three target. How many of those guys aren't even in the league anymore? Like four of them? Five of them? That's within the last three, two, three years. I'm, I'm bringing this up because Carson Wentz is the quarterback. It's the most important position on the field and the primary reason for a team's success, and he's the commander's quarterback. Besides the quarterback, like, we want to crush this guy. The media has told you you need to hate Carson Wentz. I don't know why. Maybe it's because, I don't know, he's not vaccinated or something. Maybe it's because he's outspoken with his Christian beliefs. I don't know what it is, but the media has basically told you. Maybe it's because he played in Philadelphia. The media tells you, you need to hate this team. You need to hate this quarterback. Don't, don't ask why, just do it. And everybody does. I mean, I don't remember everybody always hating Carson Wentz. He's had one bad year, 2020, when, okay, he had no offseason, right? It was a COVID year. There was no offseason. He was playing for a coach that was basically headed for the end of his time there in Philadelphia, Doug Peterson, uh, who he'll face uh, week one, by the way, on a couple days. A receiving room headlined by Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham and first-round bust Jalen Rager. Okay, th- those were his receivers. He had two good tight ends, but those were his top two receivers. Defense was dreadful. Offensive line, dreadful. And NFC, competitive. And instead of drafting a receiver with their first or second-round pick, you know what they did? What the Eagles did? They drafted a quarterback in the second round in the 2020 draft. That's after 2019 when Carson Wentz was really the primary reason that 
they were lugged to the playoffs and a division title. They were 9-7. and seven. They had no receivers that season. And Carson Wentz found a way to win a bunch of really clutch games, like at Green Bay primetime, at home against Dallas in a must-win game. Yeah, Carson Wentz won those games in 2019 with no receivers, with worse receivers than the guy he was facing. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to think about that because, I mean, the media tells you you got to hate Carson Wentz. I mean, look at the tape, by the way. You might say, oh, you're biased, pro Carson Wentz. Look at the tape. Two years ago, I was all in on Carson Wentz. I called him a top 10 quarterback when he was on the Eagles, a team I hate. Okay? I say this because I, I everything I've laid out, they were 7-10 and 10 last year with Taylor Heineke and a tougher schedule. Washington, based on strength of schedule of last year's records, has the second easiest schedule in the NFL. And they upgraded a quarterback. I don't care what you say. They did. Okay, and it was kind of dramatic. He's not the best quarterback. He's not a top 10 quarterback probably anymore. But he's still good enough to win this division. Because Philadelphia... I'm sorry. They are very overrated. I don't see it. The only teams they beat last year were, like, I I mean, you can't even pick one impressive victory the Eagles had last year. Let me name, by the way, let me name the quarterbacks the Eagles did beat last year. -year 36-year-old Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, uh, Teddy, uh, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, Zach Wilson, Garrett Gilbert, Mike Glennon, excuse me, Jake Fromm, not Mike Glennon, and Taylor Heineke. Those are the, I mean, name one of those quarterbacks that you legitimately are scared of. Name one. That's, those are the only guys that the Eagles beat last year. They lost to Jimmy Garoppolo, twice to Dak Prescott, once to Patrick Mahomes, lost twice to Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert. You mean, I mean, basically, all the best quarterbacks they played, they lost. All the good quarterbacks they played, they lost. And they got A.J. Brown. Great. That, you know, didn't really make much of a difference in Tennessee. They're not that threatening when they had Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown. How much better is Jalen Hurts than Ryan Tannehill? Not that much. I'm getting sidetracked, but... Are we sure Philadelphia's better, roster-wise? Are we sure this team can't outduel them? Are we sure the Cowboys, who had a dreadful offseason, lost to Murray Cooper, lost Tyron Smith to a season-long injury, Michael Gallup is recovering from an ACL, they lost Cedric Wilson and Lyle Collins, and like, how do you look at the Cowboys and think, oh, they're just as good as they were last year? They're worse and they have a tougher schedule. They have a first-place schedule. Stop. Okay, listen. I'm making my case for the Washington Commanders. They're going to win the NFC East this year. I've never been as confident, and I could sound completely crazy. But besides the quarterback and what I just laid out, the defensive line is still top-notch. Coaching staff, experienced. Okay, say what you want about them, but they're very experienced. The running game and O-line are still efficient and solid. I mean, they had a top 10 offensive line last year. People forget that. 
And this division is still up for grabs because the Cowboys got worse. I think the Eagles barely got better. And the Giants still have Daniel Jones. And they have a rookie head coach. Okay, the Commanders have a top three schedule in terms of easiness based on last year's win total. They start against Jacksonville. They go to Detroit, who both picked top three last year, by the way. Giants twice. Bears, Texans, Falcons. Got to win these games. The remaining games... Win three or four of them, you're a division champ. you got to win those games. Sounds like a tall task, but this is a talented and extremely under-the-radar team since the media has decided to not pay any attention to the commanders, by the way, and just proclaim them awful because they hate Carson Wentz for basically no reason. Okay, that's my case. Take it or leave it. I give you full permission to blow this in my face if I'm completely wrong. And I'm giving myself full permission to blow this up in y'all's face if it's right. Okay, we will end the show with my picks for the first week of the season. They are betting lines as according to Yahoo Sports. That's the only betting lines I really pay attention to. Um, I am not a professional better, so do not take what I say as gospel. This is just my gut instinct. I do not endorse you to just go ahead and gamble based on what I said. I really don't. I mean, that's that's a lot of money. That's your money. Don't do that if you don't want to. Um, but I'm just making my predictions. I will tally them up at the end of the week, and we shall see. But these are betting lines. I'm not exactly picking winners and losers, although I will sort of be. Uh, I'm just picking the betting lines for week one. Everything but the Monday night game. Uh, I will do that on my Monday episode. Okay, here we go. We've got, uh, let's see, we've got a bunch of games. Um <laughs> Um, I'm not going to count them all, but um, we have 14 games in week one. So I will start with New Orleans at Atlanta. The betting line is in favor of the Saints. I'm going to go, I'm going to pick the Saints minus five at Atlanta. Um, The Saints are better. The Falcons are one of the true rebuilding teams in the NFL. Um, And you saw how they just got mollywopped by the Eagles last year in week one. They just came out flat. They've come out like that the whole time Arthur Smith has been the head coach. New Orleans under a new head coach. They've got Jameis Winston, who is not afraid to throw the ball around. This has blowout potential at Atlanta. I I like this pick a lot more compared to the other ones. So I'm going to take the Saints at minus five and not look back. Um, another easy pick for me is 49ers at Bears. Uh, I like San Francisco minus seven. Um, reminder that all these bets, I mean, all these lines might change by the time you listen to this. Um, but I like the 49ers minus seven, and I think they'll win outright just like the Saints. The Bears are rebuilding. They have a dreadful offense. They can't keep up. This is going to be a lot of hype around Trey Lance, a lot of pressure for him to do great, and I think for at least one game, he is going to give off the impression that he is elite. I don't know if he is or not, but he's going to give off that impression because he's going to Chicago and a team that is, by all accounts, a dreadful offensive unit and an underwhelming defensive unit. I like the 49ers to come away handily winning that game. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. I'm taking the Steelers plus six and a half. This is one of my upsets, though I am still picking Cincinnati to win. But Mike Tomlin is a road underdog. I don't have any numbers on this, but it just always feels like he just knows when I go on the road against a division rival and I'm the betting underdog. Look, there's just something about it. He's got that... As a coach, that fiery personality, that competitive instinct, 
I don't know. I, I just I, – I, I don't like the Bengals getting that much at home against a team with that solid a front defensively. I think the Steelers make it close. I like the Bengals to win because they're the better team. They got the better quarterback. But the Steelers are going to make it competitive. I'm going to take them plus six and a half. Okay. Uh, going a little quicker here. Eagles at Lions. Uh, I'm going to take the Lions plus four. They're riding high. They're, they're going to be a very emotional team this year because of Dan Campbell. Um, the hard knock stuff, they're amped up. The world's watching them. The Eagles are getting all this hype. It's a letdown opportunity for them. I like the Lions. Plus four to outright beat Philadelphia at home week one and give that franchise something to really cheer about for a week. Uh, Patriots at Dolphins. I think this is an easy one. I, I'm taking Miami minus three and a half. Better quarterback, in my opinion, better receivers by a country mile. I think the Patriots have one of the worst offensive skill players in pro football. And who's going to be calling their plays? It's going to be between failed head coach Matt Patricia and failed head coach Joe Judge. There's no leadership on this offensive unit. I I think this is an easy one. Miami is a better team. I think they are a sneaky playoff team, and I like them to pull away with about a 27 to 20 victory at home over New England. Uh, Ravens at Jets. This is an easy one. Ravens minus seven. The Jets are awful. They're starting a backup quarterback. Even if he's got a revenge game motive, it's Joe Flacco against Baltimore. But, I mean, the Ravens, they're just unbelievably talented. When Lamar Jackson plays, they have a chance to step on your neck and really just not let up. I could see that happening. I really could see that happening, and I think it will. I think the Ravens come away minus seven. They are uh, they are an excellent week one team. Better coach, better quarterback. Yeah. Jaguars at Commanders. I don't think I need to explain myself. I'm taking the Commanders minus two and a half. I don't know where all this hype around Jacksonville is. I mean, they look, Trevor Lawrence to take another step forward, yes. They spent a ton of money on middle-of-the-pack wide receivers like Christian Kirk in the offseason. And other than that, where is the—I mean, defensively, did they get any better? I don't think so. They were a bottom-five unit last year. Yes, they have a better coach, but offensive line, still a big weakness. They have no tight end. Running game is a question mark with James Robinson coming back from an Achilles. Uh, same with uh, Travis Etienne. I mean, look— I, it's a home game. They got a more experienced coach. They got a quarterback who knows Doug Peterson well, and a more experienced quarterback. I I, I think the Commanders win the game. I, I really do. I don't know if it's a blowout, but I think they win. Um, maybe narrowly. Panthers at Browns. Um, or uh, excuse me, Browns at Panthers. This is an unpopular one, and I'm actually going to pick an upset here. But Cleveland plus one and a half. Here's why. Baker Mayfield, obviously it's a revenge game. He's playing against Cleveland, the team that gave up on him in the offseason. Sometimes for great players, those revenge games, this is why I'd probably like Russell Wilson to cover in the Monday night game against uh, Seattle. But look, Baker Mayfield's his emotions run high, and he's just not a good enough quarterback to harness those emotions in. I know he's had big moments in the past when he played against Hugh Jackson, went berserk, when he Played a playoff game against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Went berserk. But this is a lot. I mean, these are his former teammates he's playing against. He, I, I just have a weird feeling in his home stadium, debut for the Panthers against his former teammates, and he's not that talented anyway. He's going to f- press. He's going to force some stuff, and I could see two or three interceptions. 
I think a lot of people really love the Panthers, but I like Cleveland plus one and a half cover and win the game. Browns start one and zero with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Colts at Texans. I'm gonna look. People are gonna think I'm crazy. Texans plus seven is the play here. This is too much for a division rival on the road. Look, the Colts could win and they could blow them out, but I think the play is Houston plus seven. The Texans were pretty competitive down the stretch last year, even if unspectacular and not that talented. Yeah, I, I think this is a, this is going to be one of those games that I think is you're going to be surprised by. Texans plus seven. Colts will probably win, but uh, Houston will cover. I, I have a weird suspicion. Uh, Giants at Titans. I, I've been going back and forth on this. Um, I'm going with the Titans minus six. New York's just not that talented. They they just don't have a good enough quarterback. Um, and uh, Tennessee's got a running game that will drain the clock. They're at home. The Giants aren't talented enough. They have a rookie head coach, bad quarterback. Tennessee's got experience at both coach and quarterback. I like the Tennessee Titans. They're just better. Um, Packers at Vikings. This is a popular play. Vikings plus one and a half. I'm taking it. I think they're the better team. they got better receivers. And Kirk Cousins... Say what you want. He's played the Packers really well, especially at home in his career. Even when he was in Washington, the Vikings plus one and a half. Quickly through the last three. Chiefs at Cardinals. I'm taking Kansas City minus six. I get the better quarterback. I get the more experienced coach. I get Arizona minus Chandler Jones and potentially minus J.J. Watt. That is no pass rush and easy pickings for Mahomes. Chiefs minus six. I think they win outright. Ravens at Chargers. Uh, Chargers minus three and a half. I'm taking it. Uh, I know it's a pick'em game. It's a game I would personally stay away from if I were a better, if I were a betting man. But Chargers, the Chargers are a better team, better co- uh, quarterback, and overall better pass rush that'll get to Derek Carr and that you know the offensive line. I would give the edge to the Chargers and the Raiders. Got to block Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. That's that's. That's a tall task. Okay, so I'm taking Chargers minus three and a half. And, of course, Tampa at Dallas, the Sunday night game. I'm going to take the Buccaneers minus two and a half. Cowboys just aren't nearly as good. And the Buccaneers' offensive line is a problem, but they got better receivers. Obviously, Tom Brady is better than Dak Prescott. That you, can't, you don't need to argue that. And Mike McCarthy is the head coach, and I don't trust him one bit. I think he's one of the biggest doofuses of a head coach in the NFL, and they're going to be hampered by him all season. So the Buccaneers went out right. I'm going to take them minus two and a half. Those are my picks. Saints minus five. Niners minus seven. Steelers plus six and a half. Uh, Lions plus four. Dolphins minus three and a half. Ravens minus seven. Commanders minus two and a half. Browns plus one and a half. Texans plus seven. Titans minus six. Vikings plus one and a half. Chiefs minus six. Chargers minus three and a half. And Buccaneers minus two and a half. Okay. That is it for me. Enjoy the games, everybody. I hope you stayed enough to listen to this, uh, to my picks and to this outro. Enjoy week one of the NFL season. We are back. We are going to try to be on a normal Monday-Friday schedule. So I will hope to see you Monday. As for me and everybody else, this is the Jadava Show. I'm your host, Jacob Valliere. Go Commanders, and happy week one.